0: Hi, I'm Dane from Surrey, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste' Questions Everything. My question is, if you could time travel into the past, when would you time travel to, and why? Okay, here comes the show, and remember, question everything.
2: Hello everybody, welcome to Dane Baptiste's Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian writer and occasional actor Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizer. Hello! And a mix of very special guests, uh, guests? And a mix of very special guests, phonetically, a mix of very special guests, Pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking
0: everything from... We are talking everything from Zane, from Surrey's question, if you could time travel into the past, where would you time travel and why? I'm all right, thanks, mate. You, uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it back then? It's, I mean, I yeah, last getting... century, there's at least
2: seven years, Howard, where yeah. you probably would have kept a low profile. I know that for a fact. And yeah. maybe a couple of years before that as well, according to tyrannic scriptures. That being said, though, everyone is interested in time travel, so I understand mm-hmm. why Zane would ask. Obviously, there is I can give him a 400 years' worth of reasons why I don't have to go to particular points in time. Yeah, yeah. However... I think it's important for us to remember, despite what people like Jordan Peterson say, there have been times of very somewhat human or societal harmony, which were cool. So, if I was to go back in time, I like I'd probably go back to, uh, I guess it depends where I would be, but it'd be like I guess pre-colonialism. So, at a time when the, the during the bubonic plague in Europe, I'd have go back then, but not be in Europe. <laughs> Because fun, fun thing to think Because what's referred to as the Dark Ages in Europe were actually points of enlightenment uh, uh, intellectually in other parts of the world. Mm. And then when they, they caught up with the Renaissance, then it was like everyone else is dumb, we're great. So fuck all of it. And so I'd like to be, uh, if I had to ch- time travel, yeah. maybe then. Or if not, then I guess I think there's just a point in time whereby there's an abundance of like vegetation and food and fruit. And unpolluted like environments and languages very early, like you know, in, is it space? Od- is it Space Odyssey, yeah, yeah. the Kubrick film, yeah, yeah. when the uh, primates basically discover tools and mm. intellect
0: like a week after that? Great, that's what well, <laughs> we look forward to. Travelog waiting to happen. Um, now, uh, well, suffice to say, on this show, we ask and answer all the questions, including whatever that one that Zane just asked. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, No question is too big, too small or too archaic and no question will disrupt the time stream. So if you do like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or you can listen to us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode or you can subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network where you can hear all of our very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is a Johannesburg born and raised comedian, MC and comedy writer, host and presenter. She has worked as a comedy writer since 2005 on a variety of platforms, started performing in her own capacity in 2015 and has since been nominated as Best Newcomer. In 2019, she toured Europe with the comedy show Story Party, not to mention hundreds of performances at every existing comedy venue in South Africa and has continued to uh, light up stages across the world. In your Netflix? Yeah. And <laughs> it also features one of the Comedians of the World on Netflix as well. And not only that... Has come in some very cool black harachis Not that we're shallow But we have to give credit where it's due For good attire Uh, Please welcome to the show Ms. Gilly Thank you very much Welcome
1: Thank you very much Uh, Some of that uh, blurb is incorrect But it's very enthusiastic What's what's incorrect? No, it's not 100% incorrect Just that uh, it's not comedians of the world
2: Oh It's a show called Only Jokes Allowed all right, I, I can I can do that correction myself. I'll edit that. No, no, let's leave it in.
0: Let's leave it yeah, in. Let's leave right. mistakes in. Do you just fire someone? Could are we, you happy now? Are you happy now, Gilly? We're going to have to, to fire be some fair, people. Netflix have got bigger fish to fry right now. Exactly. Yeah. They don't know. And
1: I do have some friends on Comedians of the World. So, are, you know, yeah, exactly. potato, and, potato. Right. You know, well. They don't really notice what we're doing and, down and, there in Africa and, and anyway. Really,
2: and just add the preposition that you appeared as a comedian of the world. Because you're also a very well-traveled comedian, Gilly. Indeed. Let's say that. You've done, you know... We mean, I
1: in am in fact somewhere. a comedian of the world. Exactly, so Without, with, with the
2: exception of Antarctica, is that maybe the only continent you haven't performed on? I,
1: it yet. is, but actually, I'm on my way to Norway.
2: So getting close uh, enough in
1: in November. So apparently, that's in the Arctic Circle.
2: It's pretty close, yeah, and yeah. it gets pretty cold there. Yeah, um, but it's are you doing uh, Lata What? Lata the uh, comedy, like the, their comedy uh, I don't know what venue that is. No. in Norway in no. Oslo. There's a place called latter It's very good. Yeah, um, have you been there? Yeah I did I did um I it like, I've done it a few times. I've done Horsagund, which I'm probably mispronouncing. Any Norwegians feel free to correct me. Uh Oslo, Bergen and Stavanger. Nice,
1: yes. I'm going to all those places.
2: I think it rains a lot in Stavanger and Bergen.
1: I think it's just for like sheets of ice just fall from the sky. Yeah, they're small yeah.
2: sheets though. And they're pretty light, I guess. I'm I'm quite scared of the cold, you know. This is true. I mean, yeah. You're, you're, I don't. I'm you come from I, a much warmer climate. Yeah. So, yeah this even is, this,
1: I, I was like, oh, it's winter, and everybody's like, oh no, no, you have no idea.
2: This is autumn. This is, this is for like English people, Indigenous English. It's not even coat weather yet.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. This weather right now is South African winter.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> that gives us all the perspective we need. Yes. Do. I I genuinely hate it with a passion. I hate this weather. Really. <laughs> uh, yeah, passionately hate passion. it. Like, yeah. Like as in like. When it's really fucking cold and it's like, ooh, it's Christmas and it's cold. I'm like, okay, well it's, it's Christmas and it's cold and I can deal with that. But this is like it's early to mid October. Fuck you. It's right. It's, it's like meaningless. Meteorological
2: right. limbo yeah, that you hate how it's Howard. meaningless. I, 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 I get where you're coming understand. from in like I don't really I'm not worried about being bald. It's the balding okay. that bothers me.
1: The in between. Yeah, yeah it's like you're I'm right. not gonna look
2: like a mad scientist Let's just or go. like Dr. Egg from Sonic. Right. That's or, like
1: I, I didn't want to be th- I didn't like being 39 Yeah I'm much happier being 40 You be, know Yeah absolutely Because it's like What is 39 It's just a yeah. bullshit yeah. age but it's,
2: 20 so I felt that way about 20 Yeah Because yeah. it was kind of like I'm too young to drink in the States like 18 year olds are like, you've been drinking for two years, granddad, get a grip on it. And so you're almost in this also kind of like lo- limbo of like, I'm mm. not a teenager, but I'm not also considered an adult in the eyes of the, uh, of very several countries. Well,
0: it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dan? As the format of this show dictates? Absolutely. You're such a, you're,
1: you're a cold, badass motherfucker, the way you just kind of morph like that and change the subject. Man. You Season.
0: know what? Someone's going to have to fucking do it, Jilly. i going to be here all night. I've got kids to get home to. 180 hours of this, man. I'm going to have to do this. Fair. Otherwise we're not going to get through
2: it Fair. See, At least At least at least, I, I like love At least we, Me and your kids love you Howard But when you <laughs> tell me to shut the fuck up At least I don't get offended I have to go to therapy <laughs> That's the difference Howard I want you to remember that Yeah Alright <laughs> So Gilly As our very esteemed guest uh, We'd like to invite you To ask the first question Which can mm. be any question you'd like For uh, this collective discussion And then my friend Howard here uh, Would like to pose a question to you uh, Which we discuss For about 50 minutes Or some change And then in a surprise Shocking twist I would like to do the same. And then we would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find out about your good works, past, present and future. Great. Sounds good. Sounds good. The floor is yours, Gilly. To
0: ask the first question, please. Okay.
1: Uh, my question, Dane Howard.
0: Saffron as well. Saffron. She's not included.
1: Invisible Saffron. <laughs> my my question is, is, do you think stand-up comedy as we know it is dead? Mm. And if so... <laughs>
0: What is it going to evolve into? Why are you thinking about this, Gilly? I, I'll tell you What's what. Going what um, up there? Firstly,
1: let me just <laughs> yeah. say... Because name have your
0: biog, mate. This is not good news for your career. Ha- Howard, this is the... uh,
1: my name is Gilly, firstly, Gilly not fucker, Gilly. Sorry, Hard please. G, help me out. Yeah. You know, yeah. normally I don't correct people. Unless... No,
0: let's get it right.
1: Unless it's necessary. But yeah. um, why am I thinking about this? I guess because I... Actually, my question was, is comedy dead or am I dead inside? So, Howard, it might be a me problem.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It might be a user uh, error. Yeah. It's you. Yeah, you've got a, you've got some issues that we can work through. We've got fifteen minutes.
1: Well, so. this is you know. I thought let me use this time wisely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know what? I I was traveling and touring a lot and starting to feel like I always felt like oh I've got so much to say. Mm. I got so much to say. You know, for like twenty years. I started comedy late. I started Ooh, comedy yeah. in my in my early thirties, right? Well, Most of my colleagues started. Like, and
2: it's weird that it's late nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: know, but but you know. I guess, I don't know. I so many, song. so many comedians start comedy like any career. Most mm. people start their careers early, I guess, mm. in their early twenties. And, uh, so I had a bit of life experience and I had a lot, you know, I, I had, I had, had, had a lot of things to say, had a lot of shit to say, you know, even before I was a filmmaker, which I still kind of am and a writer. So it's not like it was ever a problem of expression, but. I have to say something happened over the last couple of months where I just feel like I just, I don't have the same urgency, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's actually, um, I don't know if it's an age thing or not. And the reason I'm asking the question about comedy and not about myself, because I did ask the comedy. I am still also concurrently asking the question about myself, Mm -hmm. but I've watched a lot of comedy in the last couple of months all over the world. I've watched a lot of comedy. I've watched a lot of greats. Mm -hmm. I was in LA I watched Chappelle up close you know I watched I I watched him in a room up close and then I watched him with 20,000 people here in London and then I watched um, I I went to the Netflix comedy festival so all these comedians like big small rooms tiny rooms beginners legends you know what I mean for the last couple of months and I've been trying to Understand, like, where, where stand-up is in this era right now. What, what is this? What will we look back on and say, Oh, that's what that whole thing was about. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I guess it's very hard for me to see anything that feels fresh or new or mm. exciting. Or, and I'm not saying it has to be like, we have to be talking about some crazy shit and everything has to be new and different all the time. Right, yeah. But there's something about what I'm seeing where I feel like, What's the next? What? Where are we going? Where are we going? With well, God I think this? I
0: think I can you know? I can definitely dive in so we, with a bit
2: before I just want mm. a little bit more context from you, Gilly. Um yeah. Do you remember which country you were in when you this this uh, these feelings <laughs> uh, <laughs> began to come to? The, when or, did the laughter stop? Four you? of your conscious mind. That's a very good
1: question. To, to question. Um, let, let me tell you. In the last few months, I started in London. Mm. I was still okay in London. Went to New York. Went to LA. Went mm. to LA. Went, went. Then after Elaine, somewhere, somewhere in America, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe crazy. somewhere in America.
2: So where the dream became interrupted. And uh, do you also recall where you saw prior to this? Maybe is there a particular region or a place where you saw comedy that? Uh, affirmed your love of the art form.
1: Well, I mean that happened originally in South Africa, I have mm, to say. You really? know, um but but, uh, but I think that it's it, they're, they're too, there's too many uh, variables in that situation. I was new at comedy. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't new to the world of comedy. I was writing for stand-ups and I was I was writing comedy for TV and I had a lot of stand-up friends, so it wasn't like it was a new world to me, but once I started actually doing it, I started seeing it in in a different way. Mm. And of course, I was completely mesmerized and in love with it even more than I had been my entire life and the South African comedians that I worked with and saw and that were like e- leagues ahead of me when I was starting were the ones that you know mm. inspired me and made me think like mm. this thing that you're talking about you know.
0: It's such an interesting question and I have such it's a very a clear question. answer to give you. Oh I can't wait. Uh, yeah. And you know I say this to you, I say this to Dane, I say it to all of our lovely listeners at, ho- at home, uh, the things that you love in your life you will inevitably grow to hate um <laughs> whether that be the passions that you have um, the things that interest you the people whatever it is you know give me anything that i love in my life they let you know love in my life name anything arsenal arsenal i fucking can't stand that to you i don't want to have to keep watching them now they're drawing me back in by being good I'm fucking I'm stuck with it. I'm am right. I get I've literally got a system now to deal with watching the games cuz I can't cope with this anymore. Gotcha. Let's go next. What does next? Um your son's appetite? A fucking feeding this kid every day is driving yeah, me up the wall. But that's not something
1: you were passionate about to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but I'm
0: supposed to love I love being <laughs> yeah, supposed to love this creature and I do <laughs> love him, but it's driving me up the wall. My jo- every every element, mm. if you want to find the thing that it, you you it is the repetition of it. it. It will always be the repetition of it, Dane. You know, stand-up is this incredible I mean, I remember watching you at Edinburgh Festival in this very, it was, it, was, it was in Pleasance, you were in a small... Okay, what was the name? You know was what she, I'm talking about. She, it's like show. a bomb shelter. First show. Yeah, it's like a bomb shelter, right? Bunker 2. Yeah, bunker It's a bunker. It's a bomb shelter, basically. Yeah. It's not the place where comedy was born to exist. But you were smashing it night after night at that venue, man. And, you know, the thing at that time, you know, expectation. That's the thing that changes it. It's the expectations. Mm. You know, it's, we've said this many times on this show. Happiness is reality minus expectations. And your expectations have changed for comedy. And that's why you are questioning its validity. Yeah, yeah fair. It's part of fair. it. Fair. I feel like. And end of rant.
2: Also, what. To, fair. I, I, no, interesting. I think something to consider as well is uh, the. Um, because the nature of comedy, I guess, is the. Uh, you opine on like every. on phenomena that you see in society. So as we're seeing, society is currently in a state of flux. Uh, mm. The way that people express themselves or the way people address the uh, changing phenomenon in society has probably changed as well. Mm. And it could be that comedy, the as the incarnation in it, in how it currently exists, maybe doesn't have all of the tools that are required to opine effectively on a world as we see it. So for example, comedy was very effective at a time where, you know, there was the, uh, for people to make sense of their world, they probably only needed like visual and audio stimulus, stimuli, sorry, to work out what was happening right. in the world around them. So by talking about what you saw, uh, you were able to keep in time with it. But I think at a time now where I suppose the rate at which human beings consume news and phenomena has increased exponentially, it's possible that maybe comedy hasn't caught up with that yet. I think in terms of what we understand to be aspects of the human psyche or consciousness, comedy initially was kind of ahead of the curve on that because we would talk about the darker recesses of Mm, the mm, human complex mm. in a way that was more palatable to most people so people be like oh he's saying the stuff i'm thinking but i can't say that shit out loud because social etiquette dictates that we don't do that whereas now the etiquette has changed where everyone's like i've got mental health i've got mental health Mm -hmm. so now they should be like yeah i thought about this kind of thing people were like yeah well i did too but mine was worse and so yeah um that's an interesting idea i also think as well that like because the art form is the idea of uh public speaking and being an orator in public is technology has changed which has facilitated everyone to do that so what normally used to be that like as a comic you were able to distinguish yourself from the corporate or class clown in that you do what they do on stage without your friends around you in a place that you're not necessarily from to people that may not have a context for who you are. And you still have to build a rapport with these people or at least have them understand your way of thinking. Whereas now people can do that on the Instagram live, even though they're not subject to the same level of scrutiny where people can't openly heckle them because they can just block them. But people now everyone can be like, well, I've got stuff to say and I think it's funny. And also the catchment is before in an audience with a comedian, as a comedian, you have to find your voice and find your audience. Whereas now, social media has made everyone's narrative to almost be like a dragnet. So you can just throw it out there and find an echo chamber. Right, yes. So even if you were historically a misfit, there's enough people out there who will support your narrative that when you lose that scale of comedy, I think every person, no matter how weird or quirky or idiosyncratic you consider them to be, can probably find 50 people on the internet that are like them and love their shit. And thinking about that in real-life comedy terms, that's enough to fill a room. Mm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so
2: I guess one of the reasons why it's I, myself, have felt very despondent sometimes about comedy as an art form is because, you know, when you, before you start comedy or as we kind of became aware of comedy, you'd hear everybody's a, a, a comedian. Yeah. But now everyone's a comedian. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, oh, real. I've got it. I've got it, Giddy. What is this it? This is my biggest fear about not just comedy and what makes me feel dead inside in general, but this existential dread I've felt about artistic expression especially in the advent of social media, is the Syndrome quote from Incredibles. Hit us. Right. So in Incredibles, Syndrome says to Mr. Incredible, because he resents the fact that he has powers and he's exceptional and he doesn't have powers, but he considers himself just to be good because he has the technology to make himself as powerful as Mr. Incredible. And Mr. Incredible's like, you'll never be like us. And he's like, that's fine. What I will do is that I'll sell these weapons I've made to both sides so that everyone will be special then nobody will be. Hmm. And Yeah, you were all laughing before (laughs) though, weren't you? But yeah, my point is that I think technology has definitely um, either blurred the line or closed the gulf between the professional creative and the aspiring creative slash influencer. And so these very astute observations we make that, you know, kind of put us on these levels above other other people or the fact that we defy social convention when we're talking about stuff as comedians. Yes. Mm. Nowadays someone can make an, a burner account and we don't necessarily have to know their true identity. And they can say equally incendiary stuff and garner a following. And so I think it's definitely diluted what happens with comedy. And also because creative expression no longer necessarily has the intrinsic rewards it used to like just by expressing yourself artistically and saying what you actually think there used to at least be an intrinsic reward with that and then normally the the uh pattern would follow is that because you do that kind of thing and you're very good at it then that becomes monetized and Mm. fame becomes something that is a byproduct of your talent or your penchant for doing this whereas now because we're in the era of influencers these are people who have been able to distill the fame part of having a talent right so then you can be famous for famous's sake yes by having that and that being monetized in many cases more than you would be as a comedian by someone who maybe just says the odd funny thing but it's just always constantly present in the eyes of an audience not only is it that much easier to control and you know spread to a, and you know spread to a larger audience but the main issue is it's before comedy used to have low barris entry because everyone could be funny mm. every now mm-hmm. and again but to just be paid to just walk around and stand outside of a supermarket or be a Kardashian to the normal, to the average layperson, that's yeah. much easier than trying to be funny. I can just, I'm just getting paid to exist.
1: And, and I, I agree with you on that with, with, when it comes to monetizing, right? Yeah. So I, I don't, in my view, I don't see it necessarily as a problem in the sense that many more comedians mm. during a time where comedy, was prized and not everybody could earn a living as Ooh. a creative in the way that you say, Yeah. so too could many comedians also not touch that money yeah. because it was very exclusive, mm-hmm. right? It was only for whoever was chosen, mm-hmm. plucked by a, a bigger entity like a broadcaster or something, mm-hmm. right? So fortunately or unfortunately, the fact that it's, it's accessible to a lot of people also means it's accessible to a much broader realm of comedians. Yeah. Right. Um, And, and the question is, I guess we can look at that thing and say that that's true, but where does that leave us from a, from on a personal, uh from a personal perspective in terms of expression and creativity? What? Right. Mm. Yeah. So it's like there's, there's yes, yes, all of this exists and, you know, we're competing in the, in the commercial sense, but, me as an artist, I go, oh, but 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 what is it that I actually want to say? And when I look at people on stages today, I go, you you still are here in real life talking to people. And I was on stage the other night, and it it got mad. There was some there was some heckling. I I, I nearly nearly got heckled to death, and <laughs> and it got very awkward and tense. Do you, do
2: you mind telling us where this was?
1: Um, at a at a new material night at a place called Comedy Cabin. It was a great room
0: right
1: packed really nice great Ooh. place to try out material um but there was there were a few drunk people in the audience who were heckling and it got very intense and very awkward and I think uh that's one of
2: the reasons why comedy also uh, seen some decline is because the uh the entitlement that has come from people being able to volunteer their voice on social media it was wildly
1: it, the thing that i experienced to, was the yeah. result of an of entitlement yeah. because i know because i had a very intense interaction with the people afterwards mm. but I'll tell you the thing that it did for me was this was my first time doing brand new material in a long time. And I had a lot of time. I had yeah. like 20 minutes to just fly. And I challenged myself to just do nothing, not a single old joke, basically. Yeah. Um I maybe did one or two, but the rest was really me. Just every new idea that I had mm. and it wasn't good. Mm. But when we had this heckling inter- interaction, at some point, I was—I managed to, like, resolve some shit with this audience member. Hmm. And I just looked at the audience and I was like, I want you guys to know that this is the greatest thing that possibly could have happened. <laughs> and they, they like, they exploded. And I, I i was like, I can't think of a better thing to happen because this is something that happens nowhere else. And, and that's what right I was actually going to say yeah. is, the,
0: is the truth of comedy is... In that exact moment, when you're watching a comedian be completely present in the moment, particularly with a bit, I was—I always think when a, any comedians having you know kind of like any kind of issues finding that new bit that they love, which yeah. you haven't developed fully. Yeah. That you might have one joke that actually ends up being five, ten minutes of really good stuff based around this one bit. That to me is the the true juicy bit. That just like if someone picks up a guitar. And they've written songs and they can't, haven't got a new song, they suddenly find a melody and they're so like, it's like, I think it's I've like, got something new. It's like yeah.
2: a, a, you can see a ball spinning at a certain speed and at a certain height as it descends, and you can see the connection. Or, like, you know, you watch a pugilist when they hit that connection, you're like, that's definitely a knockout. Yeah. There's, there's, I think, and I think we all kind of, I think that these, or these moments in all of their respective fields are what are the feats of human achievement that both audience and artist or performer is looking for. And I think sometimes there's been, and I think, Automation has definitely taken that away from us a lot, whether it's like just capturing it and just putting it into like compilation videos, so we're less surprised by what we see mm. people achieving or and just reducing it to ASMR. Um, but I think also because you know, we live in a world where any of the shortcomings or aesthetic shortcomings that people have can be made up by just changing a filter or photoshopping or doing like a deep fake yeah. can make it so it's kind of like all of the things that. Because I I I think obviously the artistic expression is part of what makes us human. So every time something happens to make that happen inorganically, I think it does take away from our humanity as well. And you, you can get that feeling of feeling quite despondent and being like, about everything. And so you're like, am I dying inside because you become despondent yeah. about stuff? Where I'm like, this, what I'm seeing is not necessarily reflective of like you know, people people don't really think like this this way all the well, time. Well, be- also or,
1: because you know, I think that we forget. At least I've forgotten as a comic that if you get to a point where you are, you can, you're pretty good on stage, you know what you're doing, you're flying, you're having a great time on stage. If you, you think that that's the goal and you forget that actually the goal is is the uh, the generation of idea like the thing that the reason you're doing this is in fact not just to be on stage. It mm. is in fact to service the generation of ideas and and all of your all of your artistic impulses and those things work together. The being great on stage and having ideas that you can feed that thing are, they they work in tandem. And the, the generation of ideas is the pilot light for this whole thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if you're not fe- if that thing isn't fed, you know then I don't know what happens next.
0: Well, hopefully it's been useful to discuss it on this show. Well, we'll see. Uh, it was a good question. We will it was see. an interesting question. We will see. We'll hopefully come and see you, you do some great shows. I just
1: want to say one final thing about this, which mm. is that
2: could, my... Continue.
0: we we'll, we'll
2: part. I, would, I want to unpack <laughs> that. <so.
1: laughs> my, my, my thing of my personal issue with the thing and maybe feeling a bit frustrated and a little bit dead, like the way that you said you grow to hate the things that you love to do anyway, mm. Howard. But... Um, I do have a bigger question because I am watching the world around me mm. and I'm watching stand ups and I'm going there, there must be an evolution because yeah. and, I, and I was listening to Gerard Carmichael talk about this because I started to feel this way and then I heard him articulate something mm. and he was speaking about this idea of like stand up being dead and and about how everybody's got a hot take yes mm. and the and I think the idea of the hot take is dead. Yeah. You know, because it's exactly this thing that you say. Everybody's got an opinion on everything. We all have access to everybody's opi- opinions. So the question is like, what's the next level? And I would love to actually see that. That's mm. that's where I, I would uh, leave this. It's I, like I'd love to see I'd love to see somebody on stage and I've been looking. I've been looking, man. I went to go see Michelle Wolf the other night. She was yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm seeing amazing comics on I stage. She, I think she's
2: starting. She's I think she's definitely a part of a wave of people who are beginning to either take this uh Create this synchronicity of social commentary and more advanced political ideology, yes. as well as punctuating that with humor. I think she's definitely a part of that wave, um, and I, I I agree with you. I think that, uh, and I think this is this goes for a number of uh, human practices. Like I think bipartisan politics are also at this point now where how it is is dead as it exists, right? And because comedy exists as like an honest form of politics. Maybe the fact that political identification and political uh, rhetoric. Is now reached its uh, fever pitch because now it's being outperformed by populism. And I think stand-up, because it's very similar, it's more honest politics, there's an element of maybe populist comedy in terms mm. of people having hot takes and of the uh, overt opinionation that is making comedy's uh, relevance decline. So, yeah, we're at the point now where we have to find out, kind of find out what's next. And, you know, that's that should be a good thing. And I, yeah. think, I, I, yeah. and I think at this point it's like... Yeah, someone or something has to come along which basically reinvigors people's love of stand up and just and just yeah, innovates on the whole thing anyway because for a start, stand up as it exists, really what most of us do, I'd definitely say of it, of comedians I know in my generation, most of them are following the uh blueprint and almost the uh the god break of Richard Pryor. Yes. In terms of that's that's like yes. the uh, baseline. Yes. In terms of how we talk about stuff, or like it's very similar to like a Lenny Bruce or even like more modern or like Seinfeld's in terms of like yes. the minutiae, minutiae of life and then ramping it up to comedic effect. Then we had this wave of like, I'd say like that kind of non-comedy comedy of like uh, Hannah Gatsby doing the net. I think Hannah Gatsby's funny and I've met her and I think she's funny. Mm-hmm. But as in the tragedy beginning to be emphasised more than the comedy, yes. in the dichotomy of yes. dramatic performance, there was that wave as well. Then I think Dave Chappelle was kind of reset that again. So it's more of the classic kind of, yeah it's
1: i I think it's it's like if if you if you if you go through this like these waves right Mm. if we can even identify them as waves i guess the question is how do we not be slaves to the idea of comedy and let everybody just you know we're at a time where there is an audience for anything and so let's go let's go like let's let's um you don't have to be a slave to the notion of what comedy is yeah. right yeah okay we want to make people laugh um but but maybe if maybe if you don't necessarily want to make people laugh you you go you fo- follow that uh, follow the thing that's calling that's you saying, don't thought- follow like the, com- the idea of comedy. I think what
2: did in, in the um I forget the name of it. Was it Unforgiven? How old is it? Eight, eight minutes forty mm. three uh, Yes, so yes. Unforgiven. Yes. Right. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, but I think that um that is an example of beginning that transcendence from just comedy in terms of opining and making observations mm. to philosophy. Whereas almost now we are kind of beginning to ponder things that we can't necessarily see or we things that we don't necessarily perceive with our five senses. But it's obviously doing something that connects human beings, and that's kind of what. Speaking personally, that's how I'm trying to move it, where I think, for me, comedy allows you as an oratory medium to then begin to evolve into uh, philosophy whereby we're not just talking about uh, the, the what we perceive with our five senses and our political identifications what separates us but now it's about our consciousness and how that's moving how is that now going to exist alongside artificial intelligence like we can teach artificial or ai so many things but teaching it to be funny or to use satire or irony in terms of how it interacts with human beings with the limitations of binary code is going to be a very interesting thing however if we one of the ways that we are able to reclaim our humanity, especially with a lot of our fucked up practices, is that we find the humor in fucked up stuff. Mm. But if all we've been able to teach AI is trauma without teaching it about how comedy is supposed to work, then this new species, which is very close to becoming the dominant one in the next seven years, we're going to become like secondary to that particular species. Brendan Burns is working on a lot of stuff like this at the moment in terms of how that might be the next evolution is to work out how we digitize the sense of humor or how we begin to uh contextualize a sense of humor uh with artificial intelligence and ex- and make it understand that <laughs> and maybe it ha- helping us to make that evolve as well. Can
1: I can I can can a robot replace me now today?
2: I think at the moment no. At the, mo- at the moment <laughs> no, no. no. I'm, as asking. An- asking. Mo- I'm a making moment, a request. A- a- a moment, an- no, but it would be nice if they could or at least or at least in having enough of a mind map of who you are to help you editorially and write, like, that would be great. But, <laughs> yes. but I think, yeah, at this point in time, like we are teaching AI to uh, understand and communicate with human beings based on us using the five senses. But a sense of humour is another one of the senses that mm. we have. And maybe one of the important ones that people tend to play down a lot more, even though it's the best
0: medicine, you're welcome world. But... Um... There's nothing <laughs> quite like that thing of properly laughing, right? Like it, And I, I think by being so immersed in comedy... You lose perspective on on what that bone. One hundred percent. I've st- I've
1: stopped laughing.
0: I mean, I I've stopped, I've stopped laughing. Stopped. A not lot like of that stuff. real
1: laugh. That real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I
0: I you know I told Dane this, and he, he's coming on. He's coming on to do it. But I've been I've been doing this other podcast, you, Dane. You know this. I'm not b- cheating on you. But like I've been produced, he's, he's saying it in public with a camera on, just to just to yeah. temper my reaction. No, 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 we <laughs> p- 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 producing a show. I'm not, I'm not on the thing.
2: Is he, is he more handsome than me, Howard?
0: You know who it is. It, I do. You, you know.
2: Anyway, is
1: he more handsome than you? Not possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there you uh, go. Anyway, <laughs> but it, it, it's in front of an audience, right? So that's a very different scenario to you know we can, we have a laugh in this room, but it's very different when you've got an audience. And 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 we've done this in front of an audience and had real laughs. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting doing this. This podcast in an audience because you're like, me and Dane aren't looking for laughs when we're doing yeah. this right now. But when we're doing it in front of an audience, it's like, we can get proper laughs off people. It's like really fun. And, mm. and, and, and so this show is only in front of an audience and it's quite improvised. You know, it might be a quiz, but the person running the show is not necessarily designed to run a quiz. <laughs> so the mayhem, that the, the, so, so it's really unpredictable. I find it very, like, I'm not nervous before we do it. I'm never nervous if I do the show with Dane. But like going to do this show, I'm like something's going to go wrong mm. here, and actually that's kind of what makes it really funny. And it, I've, I've left the last time I did it, I left and I, I was walking, I was like oh, fucking cold, I'm so cold, and I realised I was so cold because I was full of sweat from how much I'd laughed. the nervous oh, energy wow. and the laughter I'd done that night. When I finally got out in the, out of the show, I was drenched because it was, and I was like wow. I really fucking enjoyed that. Like, it was a, it was adrenaline. It was thrilling. It's great. It can
2: still... I don't have to feel about that, Saffron. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I've I been mean, here you're 180 oh, you, you've hours. Pers- you've perspired here, Howard. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. damp, but never it, sweating it, it, with laughter. Wow, Dan. <laughs> Ask yourself. Since we're saying shit on camera, yeah, right? Am I dead inside?
0: I'm sorry. I'm don't sorry. be sorry, I'm, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd prefer you to be honest <laughs> and sorry. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not comparing the two projects. I'm merely saying in that scenario. I'm merely
1: saying that that one is better. Yeah.
0: No, I'm saying that it makes. It, I I I had an experience laughing in that. It yeah. was very very focused it's like on being when, comedy. Back like when Ross not, Geller said to Rachel when she went, she's better than me. She went, ah, she's different. That's not, that's not what you want to hear. I'm not. I'm not on this other project. I'm definitely not trying to thought provoke. Mm. in the level that I have been able to do with Dane for hundreds of hours. It's a very different scenario, so it's not comparable. But however, the feeling of You're laughing... You're allowed to talk about your joy, Howard. Yeah, the feeling of laughing <laughs> is, is absolutely amazing. Do a podcast about your joy, Howard, since you want to be joyful so <laughs> We'll be back
2: after this.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
0: Welcome back to the show. And the reason it's, I tell you what, the reason it is, 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 the reason it's so interesting is is that I, I am a big, uh, <laughs> I'm going to start just saying this now. I feel, I'm just going to start saying, it. I'm a naturist, but not in the new. Nu- I don't want to be nude, I don't like being nude at all. all right. I'm a naturist in that I believe the most important thing in our world is nature, and, and a, very many kinds of nature. And in, in human nature, there are things that are... You
2: know, you know, that actually means you're a pagan. Right. Okay. In terms of the practice of mm. believing or having a spiritual belief in nature, is paganism, isn't it? Wow. So
0: that's what I am. Yeah. good. Fine. I'm a pagan. Everyone.
1: When I got in, when I walked in here, you were a Jew, and look at you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what you've done to me. <laughs> um, no, but the uh, uh, human nature is fascinating, and, and, and there is this incredible feeling of laughing. I have a two-month-old child, right, and he this last week has started laughing.
1: Oh, t- the other one didn't amazing.
0: laugh this one's laughing tell you what man I've got a video I didn't send it to you it's nothing, it's nothing like, like the sight of watching it's this guy like, what's he like laughing at noises which anything. he finds yeah, hilarious and and that is you know what amazing yeah. it's, you know, and, and, and to connecting that to where you're at you've got to get back to the laughing at fart noises yeah you're right that's the key it's, this, it's, it's
2: finding where the new fart noises are because yeah. there's definitely a frequency there which is either going to speak to like the the uh, Wonderlust or thirst for discovery and uh or, and even i guess artistic innocence and inspiration and and i and i think i think that's where we are now i think it's it's anyone who's asking that question now as a creative is asking the right question and is basically poised to be on the right path to be a part of the next wave when this thing i hope evolves. so
1: man i hope this um, is a this is not a I, I hope it's not a problem of what I'm seeing and it's just an internal problem. No, 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 I prefer no, see, it to be that hip way. Hip-hop was know?
2: dead 20 years ago. Remember when everyone was like, hip-hop is dead 20 mm. years ago? And where was it going to go next? And then we've seen that, like, I guess it had reached a point where just the old uh, aesthetics and kind of the old patterns had to change. Yeah. And, uh, what I, and you know, a lot of people complain about a new wave of kids and how they're not very good. And then I, on retrospect, what I worked out was, and just quick bit of hip-hop trivia here for anyone who's interested, oh, yeah. is that, like, by the early noughties, like, So when hip hop started off, DJs uh, took precedence over MCs and then the MCs then became rappers and their focus on the vocal aspects of hip hop or of the music, I should say, rather than just all the pillars of hip hop, but the music changed. So then the emphasis became on the MCs again. And then towards the end of the 20th century, then the producers again rose to prominence Mm -hmm. and they became very important. And then what happened then was because the beats were so much more complex than people scratching or just mixing is that you had what people called mumble rappers. Mm. But the mumble rapper point cause was really rappers learning to match their voice to the intricacies of beats as they existed. And when you're trying to work out how to speak in time with a really complex beat, you're probably going to mumble because there's so much changes and inflections for you to learn it.
1: That is interesting, Dane. So they
2: had to they had to work out. we was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But they were learning to speak alongside the beats. Mm. And so now we've arrived at a point again now where beats have become a little bit more minimalist again. And the MCs have again returned to a certain level of prominence. And what's also happened over that time as well is that because of the fact that people could realise their audiences online, it meant that there's been less of a compromise in terms of having a homogenous aesthetic for hip-hop as well. So, basically, hip-hop didn't die. She just had loads of kids. And some of those kids are fucked, and some of those kids are on drugs, and some of those kids... Yeah. Uh, are, are cognizant of the tradition that they came from or the family they've came from and they've upheld that tradition. But um, I think comedy is probably at that point now where it's swelling with these different tribes and it's basically pregnant and ready to give birth to the next thing that's going to mm. uh, innovate on what we used to call observational comedy or even surreal comedy. Because mm. I guess nowadays, for a start, because satire is dead, I say, not yeah. because of the work of satirists, they're amazing. But the idea of satire is to view to embellish what already exists within yes. like the physical sphere, but now the truth is stranger than fiction. It's so ridiculous that it's, so it's hard made to it very embellish. hard for you to satirize and be like these people. Because the idea of satire is like through a wry smile and through like hush whispers. You're like these people aren't who they say they are. Whereas now the evidence is ubiquitous anyway that these people are more deplorable than your average layperson. Yeah. So for you to satirize them becomes much more difficult. Like you're not going to beat a president who got peed on by Russian prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really yeah. hard thing to out to like out satirize. So that's at a point now where. What is satire now? Is does satire have to be more about you know the satire of your inner consciousness and really being cognizant of the fact that whatever I project in my conscious mind or two audiences belies what the subconscious really is, which is kind of where stand up is supposed to kind of be in the first place. Have we seen observational comedy then? But because I guess it's so much easier for people to see the world, we're we're going. I think we're going to have to draw from, as I said, the Senses outside of the five senses, like I said, sense of humor mm. or uh, what, uh, what do people say the other six senses is a uh, premonition. Mm. Yeah. And, and uh, intuition. So we're going to well, have to kind of maybe. Draw from yeah, those. That,
1: that makes sense. I mean, I guess if you're saying like if hip hop, the, the, the journey of hip hop is an analogy, you know, we something about uh, some kind of alchemy of the culture mm. and technology has got to push us into a new realm. Yeah, for this thing we,
2: even like you know ventriloquists used to like just have a dummy and like maybe more flippant things they'd say there maybe we just need a computer to like come up with like a narrative or ask a question I think or speak about make an, <laughs> make an observation about humanity based on being because if you look at like AI AI is relatively fresh in terms of all of its musings about humanity just come, are probably going to be some of the newest ones that we've seen as of, as opposed to like where it's domesticated pets or there's no <laughs> real there's very few undiscovered cultures to offer a uh, perspective of humanity that we've not heard yet but maybe with AI, might make a commentary about it and it's up to us as comics or orators or people trying to find to the funny to interpret it mm. and then also communicate a human ideal to said AI in order to make them understand humanity better.
1: I think you are the AI, Dan.
0: <laughs> he is not. Um, uh, <laughs> I can be, tell you what, no. You'd be surprised, Howard. I, would- I, predict, I predict you hear the phrase, this is me being uh, an influencer, a kind of trend-setting kind of guy, right? Just in case you're not yes. aware, I'm, I'm that kind oh, of guy. yeah. I might not um, look like it, but that's what I am. Wow, cool. Um, no filters, that's a, yeah. That's why there's yeah. nothing. The, the this are. is like I, I actually like. I, I, just, I had to kill the filters. That's how <laughs> serious it got. Anyway, <laughs> damn hard. Armageddonism. Yes. Get ready for that phrase because it's going to be fucking everywhere. All right. That's the that's the idea that in younger generations they're going to start being like this is all fucked. Right? This is all fucked. There's no saving us. These Mm. old people aren't listening to us. World's Mm. burning. That exists. Armageddonism. Well, nihilism and fatalism. I just think... Armageddonism is
2: like a particular time period. We're going... This is
0: all going to end. Yes. And you will see that switch in mentality... Come across and it's going to shock the older generations because the young like people...
1: stop they're going to stop fighting and just be like okay well this is what's about to happen yeah so
0: that like, people start their themselves. stand up the observation the Seinfeld of that time would be you know what I think I'm going to miss when the world's over <laughs> uh, it's going to be that kind of thing that's where we're going that's where so we're headed like is that last
2: speech that Leonardo um, you know, DiCaprio makes in don't look up and he's like we really yeah. had it all didn't we yeah and then that would be like the uh, premise for mm. the musings that people make yeah I get that as well I think that, I think that's also true Howard but... I
0: think you've also seen you know it It is interesting to think about how saturation of a marketplace then kind of kills <laughs> certain elements of that market once it's grown too big for its own boots. So great example would be superhero films. They have mm. fucked themselves because mm. they made it so good and that it was like end game end it's the end yeah. of yeah, Mar- yeah. it's the yeah. it's all over yeah. and then it was like yeah no you're right it really was you're not yeah, going to sure. be able to top that yeah. so with stand-up you had this wonderful period where you know i i remember you doing your soho stuff mm-hmm. and then being on like amazon and netflix or like bbc you were doing bbc i remember just watching loads of people end up doing loads of stand-up and you were like, God, it's everywhere. I can watch stand-up everywhere yeah. now. It used to be not the case. It used to be like Apollo, by DVDs. Like it wasn't it wasn't everywhere. Yeah. And now it's literally fucking I can go on YouTube and watch millions of hours of stand-up. Yeah. So there will come a point where there will have to be a different gestation. I, I, I think
2: one of the things is is uh there's these irreverent uh orators that you're seeing online like your Andrew Tate's and your Shapiro's Ooh. and your Candice Owens and uh. I think that that also is going to be part of whatever precipitates as the new or the replacement for stand-up comedy. But then also we have to remember maybe human beings because maybe artistic expression is sacrosanct to us. But as I said, because it's now a new species in the world, mm. maybe like you know because we're on the way out is why comedy's on the way out because this is one of the ways we give an honest account of our humanity or our human experience. Yeah, and because we I don't know maybe we are as human as hard as we can human. Maybe this is why comedy is starting to lose or become. A I, I more hear lackluster. that.
1: I will say two things. One, Howard, I think it's interesting that we th- we think that the you know more more comedy means the value of the comedy is lower because there's so much of it everywhere. But I will say it can't be true that now that we're finally getting into an era where so many people can do comedy who mm. couldn't do it before, it will now die. Which is a i not saying die. Well, you know, just yes. something, and else. that's why I look for what it can evolve into. Yeah. Um. And I and I I my call to myself and to other artists is, don't try do this based on what already exists. Yeah. We're following an old model, mm-hmm. and there's oh, there's man. I could go
0: into this with millions. You know, millions so it's, like, like, it's, like, m- it's
1: like
2: music used to, for a long time before like streaming platforms. Music when it finally made it to radio is three and a half minutes long, and you got verse, chorus, yes, verse chorus bridge coda outro but now people have returned to not having to honor that particular formula mm. yeah in terms of music yeah and how yeah music works. yeah and
1: i wish like i'm i'm saying this to myself this has actually been, been very, a very helpful workshop thank you um <laughs> i'm fee, saying it to myself because
0: huge by the way our fees are huge uh, for this but that's okay
1: i will uh, pay you in return uh, podcast appearances I'll um, take
0: that I'm
2: very bad negotiator Yeah. All right.
1: I'll help you I solve mean, you. I'll uh, help you know. solve a, a deep emotional problem. I'm very good at that. Um you looked at me like you didn't together. have any We haven't spent enough time. Together
0: oh please, really... it's not I'm about time. Right. I'm actually all I'm actually alright I've got uh, all much I, wrong with me. I can see that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever said that to me
2: before. I'm <laughs> a goodness, Howard cohen is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I, I just think like I remember I'm saying this to myself, I remember looking at, often I speak to people who say to me like, oh, you know, you're so lucky you found your your thing that you want to do, like your purpose. I wish I, you know, had followed my like creative dream or passion mm-hmm. or, or or something like that. And, and I always want to say like, it's not that you don't know what it is, you do know, mm-hmm. you just... A, m- maybe you haven't listened to yourself enough. Mm-hmm. And B, if you have, you're too scared to do whatever you have to yeah, do to follow that coward. thing. Yeah. And I said it to myself about my artistic creative impulses. Yeah, it's right. always been a thing of like listening very, very, very deeply to myself mm-hmm. and like what's there. And, and you have to be an absolute, like su- some kind of absolute stillness to do that. Yeah. yeah. And then put that put that out and not be a slave to the thing that exists
0: i think you uh have nailed it and i also think uh dane it's happened again where we haven't been able to get past our guests God, i'm sorry it was such, uh, a, good uh, such
2: question. a good question yeah Look, we're moving into a new era howard we've got bigger production values young innovative minds that are working on the Who? podcast oh, as well yeah, and, the sure. of Saffron. Yeah. and so yeah uh, like i said we don't have to f- always follow the formula either it's good because i also feel like it's a. Uh, Co- comedy to evolve, and uh, humans may need to evolve as well in order mm. for comedy to be well for the uh, to facilitate the evolution of comedy, because because. Like I said, comedy really is us giving the honest account of our human experience. And maybe, like you said, people have said everything that can be said in every way that can be said with from so many different groups, which that inclusive aspect of comedy has been a great thing because mm-hmm. I know without comedy, I would have never been able to hear a direct account of your experiences if you are someone from the transgender community. Yeah. I wouldn't even exactly. be able to hear like the specific, uh, specificity of every woman's different experience uh, in terms of like feminism or even be aware of what nomenclature is tantamount to being misogynistic which i would not have been aware of so i have been able to hear it from everyone's perspective and hear heard from the horse's mouth in very a number of different ways and because of that it may have now sped up the process by which we can understand ourselves and humanity a lot more yeah because of that in order for us for comedy to evolve the human experience maybe needs to evolve as well and maybe that's why you feel a bit uh one
1: hundred percent despondent because also
2: you're a very well traveled person so you've not only heard comedy yeah you've also been traveling and having the backdrop of different parts of the world
1: I've also to see seen it. comedians you know because we have the situation where um comedians who aren't uh part of the mainstream culture mm. let me call it that um. Haven't had access to stages, haven't yeah. been able to get on stages, haven't even had access to the ability of knowing that they can or should do comedy. Mm. Um, so what I've s- seen now is in every scene, there are people who feel like outsiders. Yes. But I have seen the outsiders of every scene <laughs> all over the world yeah. and they all sound the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, we haven't nearly even gotten to the point where those people can feel, can feel almost ordinary enough that yeah. they go deeper than exploring their, their basic identity yes you know like me for example i spoke used to speak a lot about being jewish mm-hmm. i mean i cannot tell you how many places i've been in the world where i saw people say the exact things that i said about being jewish because yeah. they were the outsider jewish person in, that, in, in their in that scene, respective scene right yes. yeah, yeah. so when i was in la i went to go see this uh one of the netflix shows was a show called standout it's actually on netflix mm-hmm. and it was a lgbtq
2: i saw it yeah stand-up yeah, yeah. show oh, yeah. may martin was on it as well the new one
1: it was at the Greek Theater in LA.
2: Yeah, I think Mae Martin was on it as May well. Mae
1: Martin was on it. Yeah, yes. shout she, out Mae Martin. Was a, a lot of those, A lot of those sets were compressed to nothing. And I can mm. tell you, mm. without a doubt, it was the best show that I saw in the festival. Mm, yeah. It was the best show. There were comedians that I knew and loved, like Mae Martin, like mm. uh, Tig Notaro. Yes. Um, blew me away. Mm-hmm. And comedians I had never seen before blew me away as well, mm. and they all they all every single one of them was like new, fresh, something that i like like just operating at the top of their game, yeah. coming from a perspective that i i didn't I wasn't familiar with necessarily um and it was a combination of of you know uh, gender, sexual preference mm. race, um all kinds of different perspectives all blending together yeah. that was like. It was explosive. Mm-hmm. And and they were performing to an audience of people who loved them. Right. And so, and there's no reason it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, you know, your audience yeah. shouldn't be your antagonist. Yeah, exactly. You know, you shouldn't be fighting. So it was it was special to see. And that was the last time I really saw something that like, you know, opened up my mind around comedy. Well, Ooh.
0: hopefully it won't be yeah. too long till the next
1: time.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, well, again, but I say, if not, just... Uh, do it yourself. Yeah, man. That be, yeah, okay. be the change you want to see at all the time oh, in that nice. non-capitalist way.
0: But with only one question, it's been a very good episode, Dane.
2: No Damn. doubt. I'll fulfill it. Did I kill
1: the episode with one no, question? No,
2: at all. This has been like... It's, right, it's a challenge for all like guests. Like Let's fi-
1: start with the other question. No,
2: exactly. But this is like five years in the making. So I obviously met, met Giddy initially at the uh, Johannesburg International Comedy Festival. Very oh, really cool. And uh, made it a point of principle that the world could hear your voice, even though you're doing it yourself anyway. Thank but you for um, doing the show. Yeah, especially because I think I take it for granted how ubiquitous comedy is in the UK and how many places you can go mm. and how many places you can get up on it. Um, so anywhere I'm welcomed around the world. It's obviously they're very humbling as well, but anytime I can offer the opportunity for equally skilled comics to observe the same opportunities. I would like to think I do it when I can um,
1: you've been very helpful to me by the way so okay, thank you for that good. yeah and My and pleasure. comedy in London I gotta tell you is probably it, it, so far from what I've seen the best place to do
2: comedy in the world and I'm one of the best in this city you absolutely no. are good I, I'm not the most mod- I didn't say I was modest Howard I well, said I was one fair, of the best fair, yeah fair so anyway uh, you absolutely are Gilly could yes. you please let our listeners know where they can find out about your good works uh, past present and future
1: yes you can follow me on Instagram where I do most of my social medying, um, mediating And my, my handle people don't is, care about grammar
2: and adjectives and verbs true. on social media
1: my handle is gillog g-i-l-l-o-g
2: Ooh. and my name
1: is Gilly Apto and you can find me there I'm doing stand up all over London I host a show called Story Party currently running every Sunday night at a place called
0: Okay, well, good luck finding it, guys. Um, <laughs> but
2: if you really want to see good comedy, you will find it. Yeah. But just go on to uh, No, Gideog. It's
1: called Story Party. You can go to Story Party. go, go to or you'll on to and find all L L O G. I post about it all the time. It's a dating themed comedy show in Shoreditch every Sunday.
0: Sounds good. They'll find it. It's Shoreditch. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapteast and at the Howard Cohen. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQEpodcast. And we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember, question everything.